Hey Sarah, let's pray to start. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for your word. <clears throat> yeah, thanks for um, the Torah, as, as your people, the Israelites, um, called it, that's been ministering to your people for thousands of years. As we, we step into the Old Testament for the first time in a while, um, in a Sunday service, I, I pray that we'd would be caught up in your eternal story, that that goes forwards into eternity, but also goes backwards. And as we remember creation, and we remember the stars, and we remember that you're the God of wonders, and the God of your people Israel, and the God of all creation, that we would um. Yeah, know your love and, and be so formed and molded and just find home and identity in your love that we'd start radiating that love into the world for, for the sake of the world that you love. Amen. <coughs> Excuse me. So, vision. Um, I'll just grab the... Tungami. Community of disciples following the way of Jesus for the sake of the world. That's our, our vision statement. It's our mission, who we want to be. We're a community because we're, we're a cohort. We're, we're classmates in Jesus' apprenticeship school. Um, also, we're like a, a sports team or an army on, on mission. Um, but but primarily, we're a community of disciples because we're the family of God. We've been called by God, sons and daughters of him, born again into the family. And, and we find belonging here and community here. Um, when we have a, a rough day, we can um, bring it to the family. When we have a great day, we can share it with the family. Um, so community is, is, is sort of the first um, pillar of, of our vision. Um, and as a community, we want to follow the way of Jesus. That means to be his disciples, to have our lives wrapped up in Jesus, that we would, um, we'd see the world and we'd live in the world with Jesus' lenses on all the time. That we'd receive his gospel, his promises, we'd receive our identity even, um, all because of his love and his grace. And then we respond by following him with all of our lives. So that's everyday, all of life, discipleship. And then the third, third key is mission. That we do this, we'd be disciples, we'd be community, not just for fun, not just for our own gain, but for the sake of the world. That we might be transformed by Jesus. That we might be transformed by his love, by his Holy Spirit, and then we would go and be salt and light and love in our homes, in our workplaces, at uni, at school, amongst our friends, amongst our families. We can be salt, light and love because of Jesus. You know, Jesus is good news for the world and he makes us good news for the world through him. You know, C.S. Lewis calls, um, calls it being little Christs to be a disciple, to be a little Christ. 
And if little Christs are walking around Melbourne, if little Christs are, are being Christ-like bosses, are being Christ-like employees, if little Christs are being Christ-like soccer coaches and Christ-like design students, if little Christs are being Christ-like daughters and brothers, if little Christs are being Christ-like civilians and citizens, then it's going to be good news for the world. It's God's mission. You know, God's kingdom, it, it expands like any other kingdom or civilization. It's been a while since I've played Age of Empires. But from my understanding, kingdoms and civilizations expand as more and more people come under the influence of the king. More people surrendered, submitted, living in the way of the king. And but and the thing is, God doesn't conquer with a sword. He saves people with his sacrificial love. And his kingdom expands as his rule and reign spreads. Spreads like a disease. And, and we are the carriers of that, that good news disease. You know, it happens, the, the Holy Spirit providentially works and makes that happen, but so often he, he does it through ordinary disciples. I want you to imagine if you walk out of here today, you're like, you know, church was alright, for the sake of the world, a couple of songs, good times, few people away, that's okay, it's school holidays. And then you get a message from your mum saying, someone has left you a billion dollars in the letterbox. Don't know why, could be sus, but it's not, right? It's just you, someone's left you a billion bucks, right? It's big money. You are going to want to tell, you're not going to tell too many people because you don't want to say you've got a billion dollars on your person, but you're going to tell some friends, right, that you've got good news. It's like a couple after they get engaged, you know, they, they, they upload it to Facebook and you get all the likes and they tell everyone, you know, because they've got good news. They want to share. They're excited. If you were given a billion dollars, though, you'd want to use that as well to bless some people you love, your friends, your family, maybe the poor. You know, you've just come across a billion dollars, don't deserve it, didn't do anything for it. It's a random blessing. And you want to go and, and, and bless the poor and the needy and your friends and family as well with that, right? It's like in rap songs, you know. I don't know if a pastor is allowed to have Kanye West as their favourite rapper, but what's done is done. And Kanye West, Kanye West had some success, right? He made some money. And like all good rappers, Kanye talks about the money he made in his songs, right? It's one of the rules of rap music. Got to talk about that money. A lot. But Kanye also took that money and blessed his mum, Donda West, you know, he's got a song, Hey Mama. And he says he's going to get his, his mama the, the house, the mansion that she could never afford. He'll get her Mercedes Benz, S-Type, whatever colour Donda West like. He wants to bless his mum. You know, Chance the Rapper, he goes a step further. He, he wants to bless Chicago, the city he's from. And he starts schools and, and all this stuff with the money he made. And, and in Christ, we've been given a gift we don't deserve. We've got good news. 
You know, whatever you're feeling today, Jesus loves you, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. We are weak, but he is so strong. We've got Jesus' love. We have received his love. We have a relationship with God for eternity, eternal life. We've got good news of great joy. And so we want to share that news. Tell some people. We also want to bless others with that love. Show Jesus' love. We want to love and serve the world out of the resource of Jesus' love that he's given us. You know, the Christian faith is, is a missionary faith. The, the famous verse, John 3.16, says, God so loved the world that he sent his only son. It's ascending faith. And Jesus, he sent his disciples out and then sent the Holy Spirit and, and sent his church, his people, us, into the world to share and show the love of God. So God's mission is to redeem, to restore and to reconcile the world to himself. Redeem from sin and darkness. Restore, like put back together. Make new, make whole. And reconcile where there was a fractured relationship come back into friendship. He wants to redeem, restore and reconcile the world to himself. And we're privileged to be participants in his mission. We're ambassadors of God's kingdom. Which brings me to Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy is not a book that we, we often go to um, you know, when we think, let's just let's find a verse for the day. And I'm like, let's go to Deuteronomy. You know, Simeon's not organizing his wedding at the moment, as far as I know, going, you know, let's have our wedding passages from Deuteronomy. But Deuteronomy is an amazing book. It's actually a sermon. The whole thing is a sermon from Moses to his people, the, God's people, the Israelites. And it's like a charter. It's like, it's like a, a document or a sermon saying, this is how to be God's people. right? Israel was, was in slavery. God set them free. He redeemed them, set them free. And now he wants to teach them how to live as God's people, how to live as free people in the world, as ambassadors for God. It's a really cool book, actually. And so in these verses, chapter 10, verse 12 to 22, it starts, Moses says, the start of being God's people is being people who are devoted to God. It's holy reverence and fear. It's obedience, love and service. It's discipleship and devotion. To be a friend and a follower of God submitted to him in his way. And it says at the bottom there, if you see, these commands and decrees I'm giving you today is for your own good, right? God's law, God's way is not an arbitrary way. It's not just because God like God gets a kick out of people doing what he says. God's ways are the best ways. He created the world. He, he has the manual. He knows how to use this life that he's created. He knows how to be. He has the best in store for us. Human flourishing 
is found in God's ways, in, in his love. You know, I sometimes um, like to wrap this. I go, his ways are the best ways. Whose ways? Yahweh's. You know, Yahweh, that was what the Lord, the word for the Lord in the Old Testament. His ways are the best ways. Whose ways? Yahweh's. You know, following God's way is not arbitrary. It's not just because we're Christians so we do it. It's actually because it's the best way to be a human. It's for human flourishing. It's for the good of the world. It's for your own good. Moses goes on, verse 14 and 50, and he's saying, The Lord your God, Yahweh God, he created everything and he owns it all. The heavens, even the highest heavens, like what's that mean? Ever thought about like heavens and then the highest heavens? But it's in there. It says the earth and everything in it. Like everything in the earth. Think about everything that's in the earth. Right? What do you think of first? Oceans maybe? What are they like? How many oceans are there? Seven? Vincent's probably our go-to guy on this. How many oceans? Six, seven? Pacific, Indian, Atlantic. I probably run out there. The oceans, all the mountains, all the buildings, all the countries, all the cities, all the people, everything in it, God owns it. God made it. And yet, verse 15, yet the Lord set his affection on you. He chose you. He loves you. Circumcise your hearts, therefore, and do not be stiff-necked any longer. Now, this, is, this is the verse that I'm, I'm sure a Christian chiropractor puts up on his, um, his practice. You know, Do not be stiff-necked any longer. Come to, to me, the Christian chiropractor. But, but what's this, what this is saying is get with the program. Soften your hearts. Cut the baggage away. Soften your hearts to him. Don't be hard-hearted. Don't be stiff-necked like a bull with blinkers on, just going your own way, not able to turn your neck. Turn your head. See the Lord. Soften your hearts. Hear the Lord. Follow him. Look at who he is. For the Lord your God is God of gods and Lord of lords the great God, mighty and awesome, who shows no partiality and accepts no bribes. He defends the cause of the fatherless and the widow and loves the foreigner residing among you, giving them food and clothing. You know, in the Western world view, we often think that God, or no God, if everyone here believes in God, I, I think, I'm pretty sure. But um, whether you're a Christian or not a Christian, in the West, the sort of predominant understanding is that God or no God is separate from the earth and, and then there's sort of this, the supernatural realm and the material realm. There's, there's God and then there's everything else which is basically neutral. It's a flat view of the world. Basically the rest of humans outside Western civilization. The rest of the world sees life as full of spirits, as full of the supernatural, layers and realms. And the biblical view of, of the world is actually that as well, that, that God is not separate and then there's just material creation, but that God is part of this this world that's full of powers and principalities, of like little G-gods, of little L-lords. 
And yet Yahweh God is the one true creator of the universe. He's the only one with legitimate claim to the throne. He's the only legitimate God. He's the only capital G God, capital L Lord. He's God over gods. He's Lord over all lords. I'm not saying here that there's like multiple like, like gods. But in a way, there's multiple powers and principalities. Idols, kings, rulers, even little g-gods, and he is God above all of them. They are all false. The New Testament would even say they're demonic because you know, the evil one is the accuser, so anything false, anything not true, misleading, is, is from the evil one. He is the one true God above all else, the only one with claim to the throne. He's mighty and awesome. He accepts no bribes. You know, rulers these days, whether it's politicians or, or other sorts of rulers, they, they show partiality, they accept bribes. But he's just. He's mighty and awesome. He defends the weak. He defends the fatherless and the widow, the foreigner. He loves the little, he loves the least. And so we're to do the same. We're to submit our lives to the one true God. And we're to love the fatherless and the widow and the foreigner residing among you. It says, you are to love those who are foreigners, for you yourselves are foreigners in Egypt. How do you live as God's freed, redeemed people? You look at him, you love him, you see who he is, You see what he's done. You see who he is. That's both his power and supremacy, ownership of of heaven and earth, his, his character as well, his justice and care for the low, who he is. And look at what he's done in creation, but also at a personal level. Like he set his affection for you. He's freed you. He's chosen and protected you. Also look at what he's done for others, deliverance, redemption, his loving kindness and compassion. Look at who he is. Look at what he's done. Experience that. Remember that. Know that and then go and do likewise. Don't forget who you once were. Don't forget where you once were. Look at what he's done for you. You yourselves were foreigners in Egypt. So love those who are foreigners. Be God's representatives in the world. Salt and light, a city on a hill. You know, God's being, who He is, shapes God's doing, what He does, and that shapes who we are, our being, which then shapes our doing, what we do. God's being shapes God's doing, shapes our being, shapes our doing. And remember, He is the God of the impossible. It says, once God's people were 70 in all, now look at them, they're like the stars in the sky. And that's not the stars in the sky on like a polluted Melbourne night. Right? We can see like 30 stars. That's like go out into the middle of Australia and look at the stars in the sky. 
you know, on the day before Pentecost, Jesus' disciples, after he'd um, left, went, were in a room and there was just 120. And then the Spirit moved. Peter preached. 3,000 people were saved. You read the book of Acts, the early church. It was just an explosion of the gospel, of, of the way of Jesus. And so who knows what God's going to do in our day, right? There's like, how many of us here now? 12, 13? Who knows what God's going to do? Who knows what God's going to do through you? Mission is being the people of God, sold out for Jesus in his way, living a different life, being salt and light, sharing his love, showing his kindness and compassion. Good news in word and deed for the sake of the world that God so loves. What's the world? Why do we say for the sake of the world, not for the sake of West Footscray or for the sake of our friends? The world includes your friends, your family, your colleagues, your neighbourhood. It's both now and future. What if we're being a community of disciples, following the way of Jesus, for the sake of people that we haven't met yet, for the sake of families we haven't started yet, for the sake of schools that our kids will go to and workplaces that we'll be at one day? God's mission sometimes moves really slowly like a trickle. It ferments. It's like cold drip coffee, one drip at a time. But then there's much fruit. And then sometimes God's God's mission just moves like a mighty river. Either way, God is transforming the world renewing, restoring and reconciling all things to himself. Aslan is on the move. His promises never fail. He uses his people. So be salt and light, little Christ, speaking and sharing God's news, good news in the world with whoever you come into contact with. I want to finish by, by looking at how we can go about this just some practicals, share some stories. I just came up with, with this sort of grid. It's not necessarily like straight from the Bible. I was just praying and these were the words that sort of came to me. Eat, pray, love. Haven't seen the movie. Share, serve, invite. And talk, walk, jump. I think mission starts just by eating, praying and loving. Like Jesus, his missionary tactic in so many ways was, was just eating with people who are far from God. Hospitality, he's eating with tax collectors one day, eating with prostitutes the next day, just eating with people. And this is like a, such a good place to start because it's something we're pretty good at. But eating with people, particularly people who are far from God, it's just such a good starting point. It's like literally the, the Jesus starting point. Take his model of mission. If this all sounds too much, you can start with eating. I also want to encourage you to start with praying. Praying is such a good way to, to partner with God because it's, it's trusting that he, he does the heavy lifting. You're also um, trusting that, that he's working in people before we like, work at them. 
Because we can't change someone's heart. We can't get in there with like a shovel and like whack them. You know, it's abuse. You probably go to jail. But he can cut away the flesh. He can soften the heart. And so if there's two things to start or three things to start, if you want to be partner in God's mission, it's just eat with people far from God, pray for people and just love them. Just love them. Just love some people who aren't Christians. Love some people who are Christians but need some love. You know, for a couple of years when I was at my old church, I'd just meet with this kid who was like nine, I think. Um, he didn't have a dad, really, or his dad was a bit of a jerk. He'd, he'd left years ago, um, didn't want to hang out with him. And I'd just play soccer with him or tennis with him and his older brother because he was nine, so it's good to, you know, go about it the right way. But he had an older brother who was like 19, so I'd, I'd catch up with his nine-year-old, his older brother, just once a month, love him. Like, it's not that hard. Just love someone who needs Love, that is the start of God's mission. Eat, pray, love. Hopefully you can remember that. Next, share, serve, invite. If, if eat, pray, love is the starting points, share, serve and invite, I think, is, is what this can lead to. Opportunities that can come out of that. To actually share your story, share your testimony. You know, I know it's hard but share that you're a Christian. Just say it. Just be like, oh, my best friend's Jesus. <laughs> you know, what did you do yesterday? Oh, church. And not like move on and some other stuff. Like church. I go to church every week. Love Jesus. Share your story. Share your, your faith. It's It's... It takes guts, I know, but this is God's mission. He's the God of the world. We've got good news, right? Billion dollars is better than that. Share the good news of Jesus. Serve. You know, the good news of Jesus is that he came to sacrificially love and serve us and the world. And so we go and be like Jesus and serve other people. So I don't know how, how, you, how you want to serve. Maybe it's just help someone out. Maybe offer to mow your neighbor's lawns or just put their rubbish out or just pull their bin back in. But share, serve and invite. The invite one's tricky, man. The invite one's like, that takes, that takes guts because that's when you're putting yourself on the line and going, hey, why don't you come to church? Or even, hey, are you interested in getting to know Jesus, like an invitation to meet Jesus. But I tell you, I remember times like, you know, being a 20-year-old and just the thrill when someone says, yeah, I'll come to church. And then so often what happens is like, you know, the rest of the people in our friendship group, why don't we all just come? I'll come to that, that event, that conference, whatever it is. I'll come to Alpha, a, a program. I'll come and, and read the Bible and see what it's about. It's, it's so cool. Jesus' ministry in so many ways is one of invitation. And so we can model, we can be like him.
putting into practice the mission of God by sharing, serving and inviting people. And then if you've got real guts, and I think you do, because you are a community of disciples following the way of Jesus, we've got to have faith. We've got to be stretched. We've got to do something new. Right? If our relationship with Jesus is always just stuff we're comfortable with, we won't grow. We've got to be stretched sometimes. We've got to do something that requires God to be real. Right? You know when you sometimes like do Christianity in a way that's like pretty... You could go about your life knowing God is real, but in a way he wouldn't have to come through and you could still you know, understand some ideas about God. You could still love other people. But some stuff takes such faith that it requires God to come through. Otherwise, you're going to fall on your face and look like a fool. And I believe that's sometimes what God is calling us to. Talk, walk and jump. Actually talk to people. Like actually talk to people in the street. You know, we are the, we're going to become the AirPods generation. I don't know if you've noticed, but AirPods, they're catching on. They took a while, but they are catching on. And you don't have to take AirPods out. You can just go everywhere with AirPods. And like soon enough, like people, you get on trains and trams these days, no one's really interacting. Everyone's in their own little bubble. What if God wants us to actually talk to people face to face? Say hello to to people walking past. You know, I was praying about this. We're in America. And I looked at the maps. We're in Los Angeles. And I looked at the maps. We're sitting at a, a cafe that had awesome donuts. We're having a donut. And I noticed that we were right on a street that was an important street in Christian history where like a revival broke out um, and it was really significant. It's where um, Pentecostalism, that sort of stream of Christianity, was birthed. There was this big revival. It was an African-American movement. It, in many ways, it, it bridged the gap between um, cultures in, in Christianity in the, the 20th century. And I was like, whoa, we're at Azusa Street. I said, God, I don't know what you want to do. I don't know if this is even a weird prayer, but seeing we're here, if you've got something that you want to deposit into me, God, would you do it? And then as we're sitting down, this couple next to us were like fighting real bad. They had two kids. The kids were being crazy. And I just felt God saying like, maybe the thing he wants to deposit in me right now is to get better at talking to people. Is if, if I'm going to be on God's mission, I have to be able to talk to randoms. And so I was thinking about it, I was praying about it, I was like, oh, maybe, you know, you have that back and forth with God, and you're like, maybe next time, I don't know, are you sure? And then Jess goes, starts like motioning to me with her head, like, talk to him, talk to him. I think the mom had walked off with the kids. And so I was like, oh, I'm going to go for it. I went, hey, doing it tough? And Jess just laughed at me. She just laughed. 
And I'm like, why is Jess laughing? I'm trying to talk to this guy now. Anyway, we got in this conversation and apparently Jess reckons that that is not how you talk to someone in that situation. You more just say, how are you going? Or you have nice kids. But I just went for it. I was like, it looks like you're doing it tough. You're in a massive fight. And we started talking about marriage and had a great conversation. It really opened up something for me. And you know, I have my headphones in often. I was, I was sitting out here once. Um, it was a sunny day. I was doing some reading. I just felt God say, take your, head, take your headphones out. If you're going to engage with this community, you need to have your headphones off. I set my headphones off, and then this guy walked past me and was like, hey, what you smiling at? I'm like, oh, it's a beautiful day. He's like, what are you doing here? I'm like, oh, I'm a pastor here at the church. And he got real cut at me just for like existing. And he was like, this is my neighborhood. I was like, whoa. So sometimes it doesn't work, but I don't know. I was just trusting that... You know, God's got to come through, otherwise you're going to fall flat on your face. Maybe I did there, but but part of God's mission is going to be talking because it's good news. The gospel is proclaimed through words. Through you know, God is a God of words. His Son is the Word. So, I really want to encourage you: talk. It sounds funny that it's something that we need God to literally come through on, but talking to people could change the world walk I think another way is, is just to walk alongside people like really walk with them in, in their lives become someone who walks with them through their life in the same way Jesus walked with his disciples same way Jesus walked with those two on the road to Emmaus you know, my, I've got a friend Matt and he's, he's decided to dedicate his life to being an urban missionary in Melbourne He's bought a, he's not bought, he's renting a house in Broadmeadows and housing like refugees as, as housemates and just living in community with them, dedicating his time to just walk with people for the sake of seeing renewal, reconciliation, life and, and Jesus come into their lives. Just find someone and walk alongside them, be a long-term friend. And finally, jump. Jump by jump. I mean, do something, do something crazy. Do something really that's, that's just got Jesus written all over it. I don't know what it is for you. you know, sometimes the Great Commission, you know, when Jesus says, go to all nations, sometimes we need to go, but sometimes the Great Commission 2,000 years later means stay and make disciples of all nations. What's, what crazy thing is God calling you to go and do or stay when it seems like unlikely. A few years ago before we were married, um, Jess was in London, I wasn't, and I had a friend who was working at a church in London, so I sent a group chat on Facebook and said, hey, my friend Kath, this is my girlfriend Jess, she's going to come to your church today, meet up, whatever. Jess goes to the church, and it's one of those talks when it's a missionary speaking, and she's like, oh, no, not one of those missionary talks. And anyway, they were sharing about these pastors who chose to stay in Syria in the middle of what's been going on. They, chose, they, they, were, they had opportunities to leave, but they chose to stay to serve the people. And they ended up losing like a son. Like it didn't all go well. 
but they chose to stay for the sake of the world, for the sake of the people. I don't know if God's calling you to stay in Syria. I don't, I don't think he is based on where you are right now. But what's that crazy thing that God's calling you to do for the sake of the world? He's going to come through, guys. I believe, you know, he took 70 and made it like stars in the sky. He took 120 people in the upper room and now Christianity is, is the biggest religion in the world and has transformed the world over the last 2,000 years. Who knows what God is going to do through you? Let's pray. Jesus, the stuff you've done Do it again. Whether this season is a season of of trickle or it's a a mighty river, will we be close to you and know you so we might be your hands and feet in the world? Would we eat with people, pray with people, for people, love people? Will we share our faith? Will we serve people in the name of Jesus and invite them into your kingdom and into your church? Will we talk with people? Will we walk with people? Will we jump into whatever crazy plans you have for us? Amen.